0: Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to another episode here on GEMS Podcast. I am your host, Genesis Amaris Kemp, and with me today is Louise McMillan. And here's a bit about Louise. She's an inspirational speaker on her personal experience of mental health and breast cancer. By her own admission, Louise has lived with limiting self-belief and lack of self-confidence for most of her life. She really understands the anxieties that arise and stop you from doing what you really want, whether this is your professional or personal life. It took Louise to be diagnosed with breast cancer in 2017 to help her change how she viewed herself. Louise says she's been through the fire and received the most valuable lesson of all to start living the life she wants now, today. And without further ado, we're going to dive into mental health. We're going to talk about anxiety, depression, as well as weave in her breast cancer journey. And without further ado, welcome Louise McMillan to GEMS Podcast. Hello, how are you? I am doing well, Louise, and thank you so much for being here on the platform. As you know, we are in Women's History Month, so I am looking forward to spotlighting a woman that is really owning her truth and being a trailblazer to help other women. So let's really unpack what did depression look like for you and how did you Get out of that dark season in your life because let's be honest, some people never make it out of that depressive state and it's really sad because they feel like they don't have a support system, they don't know who to turn to as in a trusted source or et cetera. And then plus there's negative stigmas around you know mental health as a whole,
1: so they may not want to tell somebody that they're dealing with mental health absolutely everything you just said is absolutely absolutely true I mean for myself um, when I used to have depression I never wanted to tell anybody if I did it felt like I was a failure it felt like it was held against me Um, and in you know very much in the workplace and knowing who I could talk to and it wasn't just knowing who I could talk to but also knowing who I could trust with that information because sometimes you would feel like you could trust someone and it was it was held Against me, so so it's yeah. It's very important that we kind of always know who who the right people are that we can talk to, but also that person knows what to say and what not to say and how to support those those people going through. So um, very very important. Um, yeah. So for me, um, my depression um, sometimes it used to hit me when I didn't used to realise I would have weeks at work where all of a sudden everything's felt on top of me. Perhaps I've been a bit burnt out. Maybe I um, was just not feeling great. My anxieties had risen. I was becoming very um, anxious about certain things. I remember certain times looking at a piece of work to do and kind of sitting there going, I'm missing something. Uh, it can't be this easy. You know, there's something there because I just didn't believe that I had the intelligence to do it. And sometimes it was something I'd done multiple times before. But all of a sudden I'd be I would stop myself. Um, and i find that if I didn't, if I wasn't wary, if I didn't kind of what I would say catch it at the time and know that's what was happening, it would spiral and I would spiral into depression and that would be coming home from work and going straight to bed. Um, I'd get up the following day and I'd go straight to work, but I'd come home and I'd go straight to bed. I would withdraw from social activities with my friends. I somehow managed to keep myself busy in my own little, own little world that I was going to do. Um, but I was very much not living. I was going through the motions. I didn't take time off work, but I knew that it affected my work um so I suppose you could kind of call it presenteeism in fact, I was present at work, but you know it the, it was if having an effect uh very emotional eating unhealthily um I've never been one for um you know relying on alcohol or anything, however, my sugar intake and my comfort food intake would be my my clutch. So, you know, I think nothing of having four or five bars of chocolate a day because I felt I needed it. Or, you know, I come home and think, yeah, okay, there's a really nice salad in the, in the fridge. I can put that together, but you know what? I'm just gonna stick a pizza in the oven and, and have that instead because it was just more comforting. And I'd find that after a while, I might find that it eased and I would, would come slowly come back out. There were other times when I'd have to to contact my, my doctor and be on medication to help me. There were certain times of the year when it would spike. Um, I have a fear of spiders. Um, and I'm based over in the UK and sort of October time, you know, it gets a bit colder, spiders come in, and I I, I can't cope with them on my own. I, I kind of have a little bit of a panic attack of dealing with them. So that used to so that used to then make me feel that I couldn't cope. Um and so that it always kind of used to spiral. I might have go through a, a couple of years where I was fine you know maybe not so bad maybe sort of experiences here and there but then there were other times when yeah it would hit me quite it would hit me quite hard and yeah with withdrawal that's
0: you said a lot there and it's so real and so present so we talked about a fear of spiders because that can add to anxiety we talked mm-hmm. about being um, present but not really In the zone, you're there physically, but your mind may be somewhere else. Then we talked about um, emotional eating because that's what some people do in a depressive state. You eat foods that are comforting because Mm -hmm. you're going through the emotions of life and you are also staying busy just to be busy. But is that busyness really productive and conducive to your lifestyle, or is it just so you could pass the time? And then we talked about just being at work and, you know, not just knowing who to go to or who to talk to, that could be heart wrenching. But one thing you mentioned is withdrawals. And that's a sign that, you know, family members and friends should be keen up because if they know that you behave a certain way and they start to see that you're shifting your lifestyle and you're shifting the way that you interact, that should be a red flag. To say, Louise, is there something going on with you? Do you feel that if your friends would have came to you in that manner, you would have opened up with them and told them what
1: was going on? Is that a really good point? Because there were times when I was withdrawal. You know, I would say yes to the girls. I was going to go out on a Friday or Saturday night, but come Thursday, because I've been in such a panical week. You know, I've you know kind of got nothing to wear, not interesting enough, not you know funny enough or whatever. So I'd cancel. So then it made it easier. But actually on the night they were out, I was then in tears because I wasn't with them. And you kind of think sometimes had one of those friends come to me and said, Louise, is there something wrong? You keep cancelling on us. Perhaps I would have been able to open up. And I wonder sometimes, because you know in your friends who you can open up about certain things. You know your kind of friendship group, the ones that will listen without judgment and can empathise and understand. And you know your kind of friends that will kind of go, yeah oh, I don't know what you're on about for don't be so silly you know dismissive and and yes in your own mind you know sometimes you are being silly but when you're in it it's 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 not what you want to hear do you know what I mean you just want someone just to listen and to understand so so yeah I there are times when I I do think looking back that it would have been great if friends had actually said something um to me and I remember I did have a work colleague once who mentioned it to our boss that she was worried about me because she'd seen me would be withdrawn and you know, that was, that was great that she did that, but it took, it didn't, you know, the support network wasn't there going forward, apart from that one individual, because she could see it, um, and I'm always very grateful for that person to, for raising it, to say, look, I don't think there's something wrong here, something not right, so yeah.
0: And I'm glad that your coworker spoke up because if you see something, you should say something. Just mm-hmm. even if you don't feel comfortable going to that individual, you let somebody know who is in a position where they could get them help because there are different um healthcare providers where they do. Um, spend a portion on mental health and you could get the support that you need from a paid professional. And then with Absolutely. your friends, um, how she asked you if you were okay, then that also lets down a barrier with you. Cause sometimes you have a wall up cause you don't want to be judged. You don't want them to see, Oh, maybe they're going to view me in this light or whatever. But it's so important that we have these courageous conversations, Mm -hmm. as well as difficult conversations, because if not, then we aren't helping ourselves internally or externally. So I want to dive a little bit deeper with you, Luis. What do you feel led to your depression? What were some of the root causes? May it have been childhood trauma, a relationship not working out, um, dealing with breast cancer that could have been an additional layer on top of your anxiety and depression did you ever get to the root cause to figure that out because now you are healed and you're whole because you are outside of that darkness in your light being able to help
1: other people now that you have walked through that valley yes I think I do think there's ever never one thing I know that um when we're talking to my mum about seasonal affective disorder so you know in those winter months you know without getting that vitamin d even as a child I'd sort of hibernate so to speak so my sisters might be outside with our neighbours in our little cul-de-sac playing and it was like where's Louise or she's in reading so I know there's a seasonal affective disorder and, and that's probably counteracted even more with the fact that the spiders, if that makes sense. I think that kind of exasperated that kind of thing as, as I moved out of home and there was nobody else to deal with the spiders for me. Um, I think burnout, very much so with work. Um, that very much about working long hours, not looking after yourself anyway, impacts on that. And I would say probably a couple of relationships where I was cheated on, where um, mentally mentally abused in some respects, which you don't see at the time. That kind of thing kind of ha- hangers on, and, and there's times I think when you maybe you're burnt out. There's a lot of things going on, and you can't help but go into that dark place where you're. You let that negative inner inner voice. I call my um, <laughs> I got a hot name for it. Where you know she talks so much louder in your head, and you can't help but that's what you hear. And you you have somebody say something, and it just reminds you of something somebody used to say when you were younger, like you're stupid or. You're not going to be worthy, or you're not capable, and it's just reminiscent. And if you're not looking after your mental health, or you're looking after yourself, well-being altogether, you can't help but spiral into that. So I think there's a couple of little things there. Um, but for me, for the breast cancer, that to me was a whole different game. I I wasn't anxious about having breast cancer, and I wasn't depressed from the breast cancer. In fact, it had the alternative. It kind of helped me look at myself a lot differently and a lot, a lot better so actually that was to me I'm I'm kind of glad I had breast cancer because for me I think it saved me it literally saved me
0: wow okay so we hear two um polarized views from the mental health you dealing with anxiety and depression and then from the also another mental aspect but one that's affecting your physical Uh, um, body, which is the breast cancer. So you had various parts that were contributing to that depression or whatnot. And whenever certain things will happen, they will come up as triggers. But then once you learned how to deal with those triggers, I think that it helped you get over that hump and hurdle. And sometimes it takes a while for us to realize that those external factors don't matter so much if we take time to pause slow down meditate practice mm-hmm. mindfulness and really look within then we could see how we are truly acquiring our self-worth and we are coming into who we want to be and not what the external factors are saying and i love how you name your negative ego um
1: is it cantina or cortina great so it's just like cretin which means stupid. I've just put a Tina on the end just to sort of brighten it up a little bit Um, and also make it a little bit like a female name for version of it really. So yeah. (laughs) I like how you named that because we
0: did that in a program that I'm a part of, Um, naming your negative ego as well as your positive ego. And then now I want to dive into breast cancer because some people who are hit with the big C word. They go into a state where they're like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And they see it as a debt sentence, but don't see it as a debt sentence. See it as a lifeline because what the doctors say is not the final say. But if you take time to set aside holistic practices and really work on, okay, seeing this as a new challenge but that you're going to get over the hurdle looking out forward versus looking at the past and behind then you too can rise above because now here you are a breast cancer survivor
1: a thriver and now an advocate so let's walk through that yeah so um literally six months before i was diagnosed with cancer i was in a really bad place my depression was at an all time low, really, really bad. Um, And I remember having a conversation with my mum over Christmas saying, I can't keep doing this. I can't keep spiraling out of in depression. I needed to change something. I didn't know what and I didn't know how. But I do remember having the the words with her where I said, because if I don't sort it out, what is the point of me being here? And it was a real me kind of my mum didn't pick up on it as an, as a negative thing. She was just trying to think about. I was talking about my career more so. So when I was diagnosed, um, I had this kind of thing of I don't want to I don't want to die. I don't want to go yet. And so there was just, this this real thing about me wanting to live. And I think one of the things I noticed quite early on is that people stopped the comments, stopped the negative kind of nitpicking that people think that they they do, whether it's family, friends, or family or friends, you know, those kind of things. And um, I'd also had, um, I, had a, I had a lumpectomy and then I, I found out that I had to have chemo. And after I had my first chemo, I had a stomach ache. And I just thought it was a side effect of chemo, but it wasn't. It was actually appendicitis, borderline peritonitis. Um, and I was admitted to hospital. I had to have major emergency surgery because it was now in an abscess. It was all stuck to my bowel and my colon. So I'm now in intensive care, hair's falling out. And I'm just like, wow. And what I learned was how my body repaired itself. You know, all of a sudden I could see my scar repairing itself. And yes, I was going through chemo and I could see my body having all these drugs and everything. And I was and I was realizing that I was bold and people weren't making comments whilst I was, try- was going through all this. And I was like, well, if I can be bold and ill, not going through something, then I can have hair and being ill my mental health and you cannot make comments so it was a real thing for me then to be right this is who i am and i think going through that i found that inner strength just to be me and i was allowed it felt like i was allowed to be me and i just felt that actually then that's what's going to continue um and if i if my body can repair itself then what can my brain do with me managing it in the right way and so it's very much about me um, taking that time out if I need to. You know, I found the power of just like sitting down and not doing anything, which really sounds like you're wasting time. But actually, our body sometimes tells us that's what we need to do. And I used to think when my you know, mental office, I sat down and did nothing. That was just a waste of time. But actually, I'm realizing that actually your body sometimes is telling you you need to sit down and do something. It just needs to repair itself. Um, you know there's tools I now use because of that to, to repair, repair my mental health but my breast cancer doesn't go I'm in remission and have been for coming up to four years but I've had multiple times when I've had to be go back to the doc hospital I've had early mammograms I've had biopsies again I've had um, MRIs because there's been a concern and thankfully um, it's all clear but it's just a reminder that that never never goes away so for me I always say the breast cancer was the biggest wake up call. Um, I was grateful the time I only had that to worry about um, after my appendicitis. I took a career break from work um, and I think that helped in that recovery because I didn't have to feel about work, worry about I've got to do a work. I've got to do my job on top of this. Um, I think because I take took that time out, I, re- I really repaired me by having that, that time and not to worry.
0: Yeah. The power of stillness is mm-hmm. amazing. Stillness as well as giving your body the necessary rest that it needs, because sometimes you don't realize how much pressure is being put on your body from um, what you're dealing with internally as well as externally. But um, prior to your diagnosis of breast cancer, what was it hereditary? Was there anyone else in your family that had breast cancer or do you think that your breast cancer came about you um going through that mental health challenge because people fail to realize whenever you go through um, mental health challenges
1: that can cause your body to break down Mm. and get sick Uh, you're absolutely right yeah it, it can do um there's no history of breast cancer at all in my family there are other cancers on my my father's side Uh, but not breast cancer Um, and I think I am the youngest person in our family ever to have be diagnosed with with cancer normally everybody else has been over 50 like my dad and his parents and his sister so me at the time I was 44. I do believe that it is had something to do with with lifestyle and and mental health and the the stress. Um, It was hormone oestrogen with my cancer uh, diagnosis Um, and I think it's important for me to say if you don't mind that I didn't find a lump and neither did my GP and neither did my consultant. Um, and I always think this thing about if you know something's not quite right to go and get it checked out. So I had a discharge from my left breast on the pajama tops that I wore to bed. So I got it checked out, it happened a couple of times. I thought well, that doesn't sound that doesn't feel right. Let me go and get it checked out. Saw so the GP, she thought there was nothing untoward, referred me to the hospital, saw so my consultant, examined me, thought there was anything, nothing untoward fed me for some tests I had a mammogram and then an ultrasound where they did a biopsy and they found cancer in my right breast so it's my left one I had a concern with but it was my right that had the cancer and and it was quite aggressive when they when they opened it up so I I do believe there is there is something down there about stress and and lifestyle maybe with with unhealthy eating I mean I've been a vegetarian for many many years probably at the time about 25 years so it's, I don't think there's anything to do with that kind of thing, but I do think it was about my lifestyle, definitely.
0: And thanks for highlighting that, because I really want to educate the listeners, as well as the viewers, to be mindful of your stress factors, whether it's stress in your marriage, stress at work, stress with your children, or external stressors, because all of those can be a factor into your mental health, if If you lose sight of your focus and your clarity, or if you start spiraling down, meaning you're not engaging in the same activities, you're binge eating, you're binge watching TV, and you're doing things that are outside of your character, that could be an inclination that your body is going through stressors. And then those stressors could turn into illnesses. And if you don't catch those illnesses sooner rather than later, you're gonna be lying up in a hospital on a bed wondering where did I go wrong when if mm-hmm. you just take time to really scale back and do some meditation, some journaling, exercising, as well as be mindful of the nutrition that you are intaking in your body that can, you know, counteract. And then most importantly, I always say, if you're not sure, hire a trained and paid professional to help you
1: work through some of those difficulties. Mm-hmm absolutely yeah there's there is support out there whether that be you I think even sometimes people down the down your gym you know they will they will chat to you about you know your body and your mind and everything else to help you as well as you know your, your medical experts and if you're in part of an organization you've got um an employee assistance program there's always someone you can you can talk to I think and I think it's just making sure we know who those people are yeah so, Louise, are there any tips you would like to
0: give the listeners and viewers of dealing with anxiety and depression? And then give some tips about how to conquer dealing with cancer,
1: whether it's breast cancer or another form of cancer. Thank you. For, for me, my biggest tip for, for managing sort of your mental health is I've, I've got a really nice one, which I use. I set my kitchen timer and it has to be a kitchen timer, not your mobile phone, because um, you've got to put your mobile phone away. And I, if I'm really feeling a bit anxious and I'm at home and I can feel this, it's like a nervous energy. I set my kitchen timer for an hour, and in that hour, I may lie asleep on the settee, I may read a book, I may put some on TV, I may get my knitting out. But if I need to, I will make myself cry, and I will make myself cry and have a good old sob, really sob, get it out. But once that timer has gone off. I've got to get up, obviously to go and turn it off, but also it's my signal to say, right, I've got to move on. And I might put some music on, I might dance around the house. I may decide to phone a friend or my parents. If I've been crying a lot, I won't phone my mum, because she'll tell. She can can tell on the phone. I jump in the car sometimes, and I will go for a drive, and I try and go out into the countryside, and I put that music on loud, and I sing along, because I've got some music, like a CD in the car, which I can put on, that I'm going to sing, it's not my voice. Also, I might even just scream. And I, again, go out to the countryside. Don't do it while you're driving on the road. Someone might try think so what's going on. But I just think it's about getting that energy, that different energy in your body. But it is very much about an, an hour max on that timer and then move on. So it's knowing how you're feeling of how you're going to move on after that. Um, because I do think that that helps. It's trying to break that cycle. And it's also that whole thing about being self-care, just looking after yourself and not judging yourself. You know, if you, if you don't want to do something, that's fine. It's OK to say no. Find what nourishes you and not depletes you. And then on, on the breast cancer front, I would just say that if you think there is something wrong, get it checked out. You know your body better than everybody else. You are different to your siblings, everybody else. You know your own body. And, you know, I, I keep saying to people, just get it checked out. If you're not happy with the response and you still sort of think, that still didn't feel right, then go and speak to somebody else to get it checked out and take it, you know, as you're going through cancer, or whatever. yes, it is shocking. Yes, it is absolutely, um, you know, it's, it's hard to describe sometimes, you know, it's just soul destroying, you know, because we hear these horrible stories of people, but also we hear some really good stories. So it's understanding who's there around to, to support you. And there are lots of good groups you can find where um, Cancer Supporters, whether that's in the UK, if you're listening or in America or wherever you are in the world that listening, there are some really great groups. I mean, set up not by just by um, charities, but also by people that are there to listen.
0: Those are incredible tips. And I would like to add journaling is so powerful mm. because it allows you to get the thoughts out of your head onto paper or electronically. And then you could reflect on why you wrote what you wrote how how you were present when you wrote it, where you were and etc. And then you start to mind map. Another thing I like how you talked about dancing and screaming and etc. Because those are releasing the positive endorphins and when you release positive endorphins happiness takes over. Another thing, too, is um, doing an exercise class because your health is equivalent to your wealth. If you have wealth, but you don't have quality health, how are you really going to enjoy the fruits of your labor? So keep that in mind. And if you're not a gym fanatic, do an activity that you love, whether it's dancing, swimming, walking, running, jogging cycling or whatever make sure that it's fun and when you are in that fun place you're not going to be thinking about some of the dark gray areas also find a tribe that supports you when you're on the low part as well as when you are rising to the mountaintop those group of people should be able to call you out on your junk but also lift you when you're in that dark season yeah And then another thing to be mindful is what are you listening to and how is it feeding you mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually? If it's not edifying or adding value to you, then don't do it because we all have 24 hours of the day and we don't want to spend time doing useless activities that are not helping us personally or professionally. So be mindful of the actions that you take today because they are going to help curate a better future. And Louise, I want you to leave the listeners as well as the viewers with a call to action, something that will educate them, inspire them, or motivate them to help jumpstart their journey if they know anyone dealing with mental health or they're dealing with it, or if they've ever faced
1: a cancer diagnosis. Yes. Oh, it's a good question. I think for me, it's always about knowing what nourishes you. And I, that is all about what you were saying before about in that intake, what you consume, and that's not just diet. But it's what nourishes you in life. And I think finding people and saying to people and asking them if they're going through something, what is it that nourishes you in life? What is it you enjoy? And then understanding what it is that depletes you and then making sure that you're doing more of the nourishment rather than depleting. I think that is the kind of thing I would probably leave people with amazing
0: and how can the listeners and viewers connect with you what's your website and where do you hang out
1: on social media okay so my website is www.LouiseMacmillan.co.uk. Um just in case if you haven't seen my name written down there the macmillan is felt very strange so if you think of um, ac milan if you're football you no know, italian football just change the A to an M. That's the way I kind of mind people how to, to spell it. I'm on um, Instagram, Louise McMillan. I'm on LinkedIn. And I'm also on Facebook. If you want to connect, I've got a, a page on there, which I'm trying to revitalize. So you can find me on most most social medias.
0: And there you have it, listeners and viewers of GEMS Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Genesis Amaris Kemp. And we just unpacked all things mental health from a de- depression standpoint as well as anxiety and we threw a curveball in there which was breast cancer with Louise McMillan. All of her contact information will be in the show notes and make sure you subscribe to the podcast. It can be found on all major platforms in 40 40 different places as well as follow us on YouTube at Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp for all video content. Remember Take time to love on yourself, do your due diligence, journal, meditate, and come into your true self and be authentically you because the world needs you to show up, illuminate your glow, and knock out all of the darkness. Until we chat next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Have yourself an amazing day.